1: Is Star Talk. And I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. And I'm I hail from the American Museum of Natural History, right here in New York City, where I also serve as the director of the Hayden Planetarium. My first planetarium as a kid when I was nine years old. And I was never the same since then. I think the universe found me. For this edition of Star Talk, it's the ever-favorite Cosmic Queries fielding your questions, and today's topic is the multiverse. I know you've read about it, I know you've heard about it, and I know you're itching to know more. And I've got my co-host Chuck Nice. Chuck.
0: Hey, Neil. You're
1: going to help me get through this. That's right. I have the
0: questions right in my very hand.
1: Solicited from?
0: All over the internet, wherever our fans may be found. May be fa- their inquisitive little minds want to know all sorts of things.
1: And, and I need a backup for this, because I know a little bit about the multiverse, but I claim no particular expertise in it. Mm-hmm. So we got on the horn and called one of my old friends and colleagues, Paul Steinhardt. Paul. Yes. Hi. Welcome to Star Talk.
2: Well, thank you. Thank yeah, you for having me.
1: Professor of physics, Princeton University. Yes. And you are a proponent of one of the multiverses that people have been talking about.
2: Well, I, I'm not sure I would put it quite that way, but uh, I'm actually um, a proponent of alternatives to the multiverse. Oh! Yeah. Oh, really? Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not a big fan of the multiverse. As really? Really? Oh, okay. Well, why
0: not? What did the multiverse do to you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> the multiverse destroyed one of my favorite ideas. Oh,
0: oh. So,
2: oh, oh. Awesome. so it's a problem. Oh, okay. Problem for you. Problem for me, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So what was your idea that the multiverse destroyed?
2: Um, well, it's an idea that we call cosmic inflation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, one of the longstanding problems that we've had in trying to understand the universe is why the distribution of matter and energy is so uniform on large scales. Mm-hmm. And we thought we had a really... So in other words, I look
1: to one side of the universe, there's statistically a number of galaxies and stuff, and any direction I look, it kind of looks like that. That's right. And, so, and you're saying it shouldn't look like that.
2: Well, according to our initial idea of the Big Bang, mm-hmm. the universe should have emerged from some random quantum state and been very, uh, had a very uneven distribution of matter and energy. Okay. And space itself should have been curved and warped. And all that should have happened is that you just stretched that out over time very, very slowly. Mm-hmm. So that if you looked at the universe today, you should see remnants of that unevenness and warping. Like a, an area where there's a, tremendous amount of matter and other areas where there's hardly
1: anything okay. and, and biz- bizarre... Uh, curvatures of the space-time continuum. Yes.
0: Like a fire. Yeah. So a fire is like unpredictable in the way it moves. It has certain burn patterns. And so you would look for that to see where the fire, how it progressed
1: in certain areas. But it wouldn't be like a very uniform... I hadn't thought of yes. using fire, but yeah, I guess it, a room would not burn uniformly. because right. some things some in the things room are, are more, more flammable, flammable than, than others. Okay, so, yeah. 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 That's good...
0: <laughs> Let me tell you something. You have no idea. I just bailed you out no, of it. No, you know, no, no. That's know. exactly what I meant. <laughs> that's exactly what I meant. But I was just like the way you looked at me. I was like, ah, oh, you shit the bed again, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, we're trying to come wrap our heads around this. Okay, yeah. continue, Paul. Okay. So, so we thought that the idea for solving this problem was to have a period of very rapid acceleration, uh, accelerated expansion mm-hmm. that occurs right after the bang. So that instead of expanding at a sort of slow, modest rate that would preserve this unevenness, instead you would stretch it at such a f- space at such a fast rate that the matter and radiation would all that existed before would all be spread out, dissipated. Mm-hmm. all you'd have left is the energy that would be driving this expansion, this super expansion. And then when that energy decayed into ordinary matter and radiation that we see today, because it had made the because matter the, and energy are one and the same. In,
1: MC squared tells us that
2: yeah, but it also includes light and mm-hmm. other forms all forms of energy, then you would discover that uh, the only energy that was left was very uniform. Very uniformly distributed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the initial idea that seemed to be a sweet idea for explaining how you would get this ex- this universe expansion. we see universe we see, which is has this peculiar and unexpected uniformity. Okay. So, um, then we came up with another uh, added idea to this, which is, uh, in this description I just gave you, I didn't include anything about quantum physics. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I said uh, just stretching the universe would make it uniform, but quantum physics resists uniformity. It produces fluctuations, random fluctuations that that prevent perfect uniformity, and they would lead to some regions of space ending inflation slightly before or after the average. So, you wouldn't end up with a Perfectly uniform universe. You'd end up a univ- universe with a, a specific non-uniformity in the distribution of matter. Yeah, you and can it, predict that you that we thought we could predict. Mm-hmm. Okay, it seemed to be predictive. It seemed to be something you could, you could work out on the back of an envelope. Um that you could work out on the back of an envelope. <laughs> <laughs> that some of us worked out on the back of an envelope. Me and my supercomputer <laughs> equals you in the back of your envelope. Okay. <laughs> but the, um, uh, uh, and, and, and curiously enough, those naive predictions uh-huh. agree with what we've observed when we actually look out in space with a pattern of, Unevenness that existed in the early universe. It's it's not as uneven
1: as it might have otherwise been. Yeah, it has
2: the right amount of of unevenness that's consistent with the hypotheses. This not with this naive calculation. So, so what's wrong? Okay, what's the problem? Well, there are a couple of things wrong with this idea, as we've discovered. Um, the first is that um, it had presumed that after the Big Bang, it would be easy to get this inflation, that just by introducing the right forms of energy, hypothetical energy, into the universe, you could automatically start inflation. And so you could begin with a very random, uh, uneven state and start the inflation. It would tune inflation to occur when you needed it to match the universe that we know. Yes, but you also need to start the inflation. It needs mm-hmm. to ignite if you've, uh, gotcha. uh, somehow. Keeping mm-hmm. uh, uh, we, Trump's analogy to flames, yes. Well, but, yes. yes. but we, yes. Thought, we <laughs> thought it would be easy to ignite, uh, but we discovered actually the opposite is true. So, uh, as an analogy, uh, uh, imagine that I was trying to uh, – I, I told you I had a theory for how to become a billionaire. And okay,
0: I am very interested. <laughs> I thought you, I'm someone writing.
2: might be. I'm taking notes. Okay, so I have a theory uh, of how to become a billionaire, and um, I show you a little part of my theory, uh, which I, it tells you how to invest some money, and sure enough, it demonstrates that it could make some money by following that procedure, and so you buy my theory, and I give you the book, which which explains the theory, and you open up to page one, and it says, page one, uh, let's assume that your parents were billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: yeah. basically, this is Trump University. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> All right. How to become a billionaire start with a billion <laughs> oh, dollars? Right. Okay. Well, this is essentially what happened in the story of inflation. We thought, originally, just simply stretching the universe would be easy, an easy start, but we discovered, actually, only under very rare conditions, essentially the conditions you needed. You needed to start with the which was already smooth enough and unwarped enough, only then could inflation start. Ooh. So it's just like saying, I need to have a billion dollars in order to become, to, in order to means. make a billion dollars. Okay. So that was the first big problem. And we've never gotten around that up to the present time. We've known about this for 30 years, but we haven't been figured out Despite lots of clever attempts, at how to get around that problem? You're all okay. such idiots. You can't.
1: Think. <laughs> no, <it's>, it turns,
2: <laughs> I'm telling these early universe guys. Uh,
1: that's so so you've been 30 years now. I'm waiting. All right. Still what, waiting. Yeah. Is it because the problem is harder? Because you all just aren't smart enough?
2: Um, it's because uh, probably it's actually not a good way of smoothing the universe out. Okay. I, I would see. say mm-hmm. it's probably not a good. A good I, it's probably not good a answer. good book that I that I gave you for the billionaire uh, <laughs> <Right>. solution <laughs> recipe. Right. Um, Then the second problem that we found uh, is, well, suppose I I let you start as a billionaire, okay, I I, I give you the conditions you need to start inflation, okay, but... uh, Uh, and I let you choose your inflationary energy to have whatever properties you want, we thought that you could then calculate, as I said, on the back of an envelope what the predictions would be. Mm -hmm. But there's a little something that we left out of the story that we didn't realize. When we thought about these quantum fluctuations that slightly change the rate at which inflation ends one place to another, inevitably there's also going to be regions which are going to have large quantum fluctuations. They're not going to just delay the end of inflation by a little bit, but but by a huge amount. And the longer you delay, because this inflation is stretching the universe so fast, the bigger those regions become. So a typical region is not the region you thought it was, which just had tiny fluctuations. A typical region, uh, in terms of where most of the universe is, is one of these huge regions which continues to inflate, and then itself, it will repeat the process. Patches of it will end inflation, but patches of it will continue. So that over... T- within it. Within it. Yes. And so it'll keep producing patches and patches and patches with most of the universe continuing to inflate and only rare patches where it ends. We don't see these patches. We, at mo- according to this idea, we would live in one of these patches, but these patches are not all the same. This is where the problem begins to break down. I know, but I'm looking around, we don't see such non-uniformity in the universe. We only think... Yeah. We see, we see uniformity. We don't see any evidence. Unless our anything. entire universe is one of these patches which is the which is the oh, concept
1: of multiverse
0: now we get oh.
2: it but, that's but it. so that's one kind of multiverse right. but that is one patch of the multiverse right and that is, uh, and, but the problem is that, so, so if Wait, all, Just to be
1: clear, yeah. this is not a universe in some other dimension. Right. No, 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 no. This is it's all a, one universe. is one an, one area, universe. an area, right. volume, oh, whatever, right. in a meta-universe, yes. and we're thinking it's our own, it's our thing. Right. That is
2: we think it's everything. Right. But, but, outside of that, our patch, if you went far enough out, would be more inflating universe. And finally, you'd hit another patch. Right. That patch would have different properties. Right. Due to quantum quantum fluctuations. different
0: fluctuations, exactly. quantum
1: fluctuations would cause different properties in that little patch. Which that means you can
2: actually travel
1: within this universe from one patch to another, and then
2: experience different, slightly different laws of physics. Too bad. No. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> not. Well, okay. No, why not? No, not. And the reason is because the you space between you... these patches is growing so fast; it's continuing to inflate that light, or neither you in a rocket nor light could make up the difference. Okay, so we can't overcome the expanding boundaries between us. Yes. You
0: can't beat the expansion. Right. You can never get ahead of that expansion. Right. So you're never going to reach that patch. Right. Okay.
2: Wow. So it's completely,
1: it's there. It's good, though, because you don't want to wander into a place that has slightly different laws of physics.
2: (laughs) Yeah, for example, where all the um, molecules in our body would decay into radiation. That wouldn't be a good news. Or perhaps I show
0: up in the wrong outfit. (laughs) That uh, right. would exactly. be disastrous. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I believe this is black tie, sir. Okay. Uh, but so, Paul, how would you ever test this?
2: Well, it's actually hard to test this idea because Mm -hmm. one of the consequences of this idea is, over time, you produce patches of ever, ever increasing variety, so that every conceivable possibility that can occur will occur in some patch. So the patch that has a
1: slightly different law of physics will have patches that are slightly different from it. Yes, which will have patches slightly different
2: from it. Right. Wow. So it's a theory. Well, you're freaking us out here. That is
0: freaking crazy, man.
2: Well, I think it is, <laughs> because our goal was to explain why the universe is mm-hmm. the way it is, and we haven't. Ex- but our heads are exploding. But yours head exploded long ago when right. you yes. first did it. Right. Now you're just cool with it. That's right. <laughs> and you know,
0: but you know what's what's also like blowing my mind is that I mean, it's. So incredible that you're able to conceptualize this as all a part of, like you say, the meta universe. One expansion we're, we're, of a thing. Whereas our our common uh, uh, perception of a multiverse is uh, we're making jumps and leaps to these parallel universes that are existing on different planes. You're saying no. It's this is like whirlpools in a giant lake.
2: Yes. Yeah. That's yes. amazing. Connected, a connected, connected fabric pathway. of space. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Let's let's get yeah, Let's get into that. the Okay. Yeah. Yes. And we'll still guess we're not done with you here. No. no I know. Oh, okay. yeah. Wow. <laughs> that, all, right, that, all right, Chuck. What okay, do you have?
0: Here we go. Of course, we always start our queries with a Patreon patron. Are these
1: people who paid to get their question
0: first? Yes, because is that even fair? N- listen. <laughs> <laughs> Life is not fair. Okay? okay, fine. That's all we know. Fine. Life is not fair. These are supporters of These the show. People support the show, and so we support them back okay. by
1: giving them preferential treatment mutual back scratches. Go, all right, go. It's the same reason
0: why my parents like me better than my siblings. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm not even going there. There you go.
0: (laughs) Or at least they pretend to. Here we go. Uh, Christopher Cohen from Patreon says, Hi, Dr. Tyson. How far do you think we are away from determining the theory of everything, i.e. a theory of quantum gravity? What will we need to perform experiments that could prove or disprove a particular hypothesis? Chris and Samantha Cohen from Harworth,
1: New Jersey. So, so Paul, how, how interconnected is a theory of everything to what's going on on the frontier of multiverse? Thought, um,
2: well, um, I think it's intimately connected in the sense that one of the problems we talked about already was how you would start the universe off. Mm. So a presumption of the of this conventional picture is the universe has a beginning. The only but, only cosmologists get to sound like God. Well this is how we're gonna make the universe this way right, this yeah, time.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> <And then,
2: laughs> the power that they wield. All right go on go on yeah so so the, the question is how so the so the idea is that at some point there was nothing no space, no time, no matter no energy. That's the presumption. S- that's the presumption which we can question. But that's the presumption then suddenly it burst into something. Space time filled with energy that was First quantum, and then suddenly became later, a few instants later, uh, large enough and became classical, described by general relativity. Now, those are words. What actually happened there? What's the theory that explains? that creation event or that replaces it with a better idea. Let's go to the idea. tape. <laughs> go to the videotape.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of you know, the Sid Harris cartoon where there are two physicists at the chalkboard and it's filled with equations and then <laughs> at the end in the bottom right-hand corner it says, then a miracle occurred. Right. <laughs> so, so the other physicist says, we
2: need some more detail here <laughs> for what happens at this stage. Yeah. That's the theory of everything. <laughs> that's the th- <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're looking for. Is okay, so, it, of so it would dovetail gravity. into what you're trying to describe what happened after. Yeah, a, a full theory would, would have to incorporate a quantum theory of gravity and a, an explanation of either this creation from nothing or something that replaces it with a different idea. So So is that where
0: you hear people talk about the eternality of matter? Like that it just, it's not about that it came from someplace, that it just always existed? I mean, I've actually
2: heard that as people
0: try to explain that's how everything started and that this just goes over and over again.
2: Well, uh, so the idea of this creation idea, of this Big Bang, the traditional Big Bang idea, is that there would have been no matter. Right. There would have been no space for matter to even exist in. So matter already presumes a notion that it exists in some space That's background. That's stupid. I know. What, so, the, uh, so, <laughs> what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> Chuck! <laughs> Chuck, you idiot! Uh, but what we say, but, 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 but it, we don't know that this creation idea is right. Right. So, so there are some of us, and... and that Yourself le- included. Myself included, who have been... Uh, who have been Rethinking a, the creation scenario. Yeah, and thinking that maybe what we thought was a Big Bang was really a big bounce. That The universe went through a period of contraction and then bounced to expansion. Mm-hmm. So that space would not have had a created, created moment, but would have existed before, during, and after. So That's what of, I was trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> so there's your eternality, there's your at, least eternality. at least of space. At least of space. And, yeah. and what, do you, what do you call this idea? The big bounce is one is just describing this event. I like that, two yeah. syllables, yeah. Uh, a version of it, the universe undergoes not just one bounce, but periodic bounces, so uh-huh. we call that a cyclic universe. So yeah. the universe goes through it's it. sounds it. a little better. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you are into your Greek, one version of that is called an ekparodic universe. Another version of it Worst is Worst name ever. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
0: ekparodic <laughs> universe. Ek-porotic. Oh, who wants to live there?
1: <laughs> we <laughs> <It> might. Rolls <laughs> off the tongue.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, by the way, uh, once you get done with the ekperotic universe, why don't you make your way over to the enema universe?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, so ectic for the Greek means what? What are those words? From the, out of the fire. So actually an ancient Greek idea was the idea of a universe w- went uh, went under regular periods of creation uh, evolution and then Cataclysm disappear, and then a new universe would be created—an ekpyrotic universe. Okay, so, Let's go so, with phoenix universe, maybe. I uh, we phoenix is another version of this. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: otherwise, you're you're just uh, showing off that you know Greek and obfuscating yeah. and <laughs> <understanding laughs> what. Yes, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break. Okay. And we come back to Star Talk Cosmic Queries edition. We've got Paul Steinhardt, physicist at Princeton University, and he's our expert in house on the multiverse. See you in a moment.
0: That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel
1: comes true. We're back on Star Talk Talk With Query Today's topic... Multiverse. Topic I would not dare tackle on my own. So I brought in Chuck Nice. Yeah.
0: Of course, Chuck knows everything about the multiverse. Right. Uh, Chuck is
1: reading questions from you, our fan base. And uh, I brought in uh, Paul Steinhardt, Princeton University professor yes, of physics. And It's been a fascinating conversation thus far. And he's been doing some thinking of his own yes. on the multiverse. So, we, uh, so a quick question. Your ekpyrotic universe, yeah. which is uh, repeating,
2: bouncing... You remove the need for singularity, is that correct? Yes. So time would exist arbitrarily far back, maybe infinitely far back in time. Maybe space and time existed forever. Did, and we're just in the latest, most recent cycle.
1: I'm going to so ask you a philosophical question. Did yeah. you come up with this idea because the singularity was too hard, and <laughs> so you needed an easier way to understand the universe? Or, or did you have compelling reasons to go there?
2: Actually, it's a very practical reason. I didn't have a philosophical outlook at all. Mm -hmm. It was to get rid of the multiverse problem. (laughs) Because the multiverse caused the... uh, You got a a hit
0: (laughs) on the multiverse. (laughs) (laughs) The multiverse got two in the back of the head. That's right. (laughs) And then Paul went, leave the gun, take the cannoli. (laughs) Take the cannoli. Damn. Wow, that's pretty wild. That
2: was the motivation, though. That actually was the motivation. Because the multiverse, essentially, as I I was saying at the outset, destroyed an idea which I thought explained how the universe could have been smooth and uniform. Just because we didn't properly understand the effect of quantum physics, and that due to these rare quantum effects, it totally changed the structure that we, instead of getting a smooth universe we expect it to get, we got this patch universe, which every outcome is possible. So I just want to, I want to
1: explain it in a sentence that feels comfortable with me. This patchwork universe, where you have causally separated regions that cannot know about one another, they are nonetheless connected in the fabric of space-time. Yes. We cannot and should not think of them as some Separate parallel universe in another dimension as is so commonly thought of in movies and the rest. Yeah, okay that is that is really just yes, mind-blowing,
0: incredibly mind-blowing concept. Yeah. What Let's are the questions on. you got? Let's Let's, move get, on. On Let's get back question. to the questions. All right, this one from Greg Fisher on Facebook says, Hi, uh, Dr. Tyson et al. Uh, I remember reading a while back uh, that in a quantum state, electrons were shown to not only have spin, but were kind of able to jump or teleport between and within their shells. While this still seems a bit far-fetched, and I'm not a physicist, hey thanks for that Greg, thanks for letting us know that you're not a physicist, because I was, for one, I was very concerned. Um,
1: what's new and what can be explained about this? So Paul, there's not specifically multiverse, but yes. if you're worrying about quantum phenomenon, it's got to show up at some point. We know that when electrons jump energy levels, or even when particles, what we call tunnel, from one state to another state, the time delay is basically zero. Isn't that correct? A particle can show up in one place having traveled from another place. If it tunneled there, it got there faster than the speed of light. Isn't that correct?
2: um, Is that the wrong way to think about it? I think it's the wrong way to think about it. I think there's a, a period of time during which its location is uncertain Mm -hmm. And if you uh, account for that that lost time, that's the time it would take for, uh, that would be longer time that would take for, or equal to the time to take light to travel from its first location to the other. So it's like you would see it here, and then there'd be a period, if you weren't watching, that it would suddenly appear here, and then... That would t- that period of uncertainty would account for the light travel, time. okay. Now, the period where you're not watching, that's a or necessary it can't see it, yeah, can't, that's yeah. a
1: necessary part of
2: this phenomenon, yes, right, because to see it would mean you'd have to be shining light on it to see it. Now you'd be cheating. You'd actually be kicking the electron uh-huh. and you'd say, oh, the reason why it went from here to here is I because I kicked the light. it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, use the light. so it's important okay. that you don't look Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. okay. <laughs> because then you're, you're not studying the tunneling phenomenon. Well,
0: that's <laughs> like the old joke. Uh, I, I, I know how to teleport and they say, prove it. And you say, okay, I'm going to go to San Francisco right now. I'm back, Okay. you
1: know what I mean? That's yeah. It works. <laughs> it works.
2: I can't disprove it. You okay, go. so
1: just, I mean, you said something fun and, yeah. and deep, as you have been doing in this time that you've been sharing with us, that uh, for a particle to disappear from one place and reappear in another spontaneously via some kind of tunneling phenomenon, mm-hmm. it does that because you stopped looking at it the act of looking at it sort of keeps it in that quantum state, mm-hmm. if you will, in, in this scenario. Or kicks it out. Or, or, or kicks it out. You look it, at it, it kicks you it interact out. interact with it. Now you're studying a different effect. Right, yeah. right. And this is happening all the time for everything. It's just that we can be illuminated by light, but our mass is so high that we don't jump to another quantum state, body and soul. But an electron mm-hmm. is such low mass, and it has this interaction capacity with a photon, that you can't shine a photon on it and expect it to stand there and smile for you. Yes. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. So the act of trying to measure it changes what you're trying to measure.
0: Right. You can't measure it because once you pull out whatever it is you're measuring, that actually
1: affects it. Right. And the right. New Age movement completely misunderstood this, thinking that it's your consciousness that's somehow affecting it and right. it's a human thing. No, it's the act is the act of measurement is a is a thing, whether or not the human is doing it. You have yeah. to have a machine.
2: Right. Whatever. doesn't matter. And this spontaneous process, by the way, is the same idea that's involved with producing the multiverse. It's a similar tunneling or decay-like process. Mm -hmm. In this case, it's a decay of inflationary energy into matter and radiation that's occurring randomly due to quantum effects. And the, the fact that it's random and sometimes produces a huge expansion is all part and parcel of this quantum uncertainty, randomness. Gotcha. Quantum is some badass stuff.
0: Let me tell you, it's 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 crazy. It's a powerful thing. Yeah, and the fact is that uh, I'm going to be very honest. uh, I don't understand any of it. (laughs) That's that's fine. Okay, I'm just letting you know. (laughs) No, but but you don't have to. By the way, by the way, I mean I understand. Paul, Paul, who said? Was
1: it Feynman? So one of the one of the greats of yesteryear Mm -hmm. said, "The day you say you understand quantum physics is the guarantee that you do not, because (laughs) it's it's not something to understand. It just is." Oh, right. Okay. Well, then I feel much better.
2: <laughs>
1: no, you just uh, okay. no, no. We we were freaking out. We our 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 historical brethren who discovered this. They they were freaking out just like you are right now. Right. Yeah. Oh my God! A particle, a wave. Why? Who? What? Einstein said, "God does not play dice." Uh, people were freaking out, even Einstein. <laughs>
2: so you're in good company, <laughs> Chuck. Why, that, and that even, today, go? even today, even <laughs> today, people still there's people still a still community shift. of people that debate the interpretation of quantum mechanics. Right. And then there's another community of us who just say, just, it just, it just okay. it, this is, is. is it. Shut up and compute. It. Right. Com-
1: Exactly. I'm in that I'm in that camp by the way And by the way if I had a time machine and I somehow found myself in the 1920s I would be the greatest heralder of the discovery of quantum physics Which I think did not get much public play Mm -hmm. back in the 1920s when most of the foundations of it were laid to paper Mm -hmm. I mean, mean, think about it Newspapers of the day aren't saying a new branch of physics has just been discovered It's It's, it's, It's not there. Yeah it's only when it became useful for the IT revolution and right. our entire the creation, storage, and retrieval of information has anyone been able to fully appreciate what came out of that era? Yeah,
2: that's it's pretty. The transistor too. You needed. You And partly, it's because there it was a lot of confusion as to how to interpret the idea yeah. and exactly at what, what, what it point meant. it was. Convi- yeah, what it meant and at what point it was convincingly true. So the point is, as a
1: as a professional physicist, you you study quantum physics which historically had only been applied to the small, now as a cosmologist, when the entire universe was once small, you're invoking the, the rules of quantum physics you have to. to now affect the entire universe. Right, wow. And the effects... Now that's pretty awesome. Well, think about it, right? Because yeah, when the large were small, quantum physics is kicking cosmic butt. And, and you know Not what? Not just particle butt. And
0: that's in the Bible. The large <laughs> shall be small and the small shall be large. So... <laughs> yeah, of course All right, Chuck, what else right. you got? Hey, this is Matt that's Eli from Facebook. That was a great question that we had. Uh, Matt Eli from Facebook uh, and also from San Antonio, Texas. A uh, little more... Uh, he wants to know this? A little more existential. Why should we take the multiverse theory seriously in the first place? Might there be extraordinary evidence for this extraordinary claim? Whoa! He is not the least bit skeptical.
1: Good.
2: <laughs> I like this question. Yeah. So go
1: ahead. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's pr- you got to admit, Paul, to assert multiple universes mm-hmm. is extraordinary. And if you're not on the tail, and you're a theorist, last yes. I checked, so you're not even well. Of course, good theorists think of how to test yeah, their hypotheses. You Have you? <laughs> How's that for a setup? Good theorists do this. Right. Do you? Yeah.
2: Well, I think I've already sort of played, uh, laid out my cards and said that I think the multiverse is a sign of breakdown of this inflationary idea. It's a failure. It's a failure mode of the theory, something Mm -hmm. we didn't expect. It wasn't designed to produce a multiverse. It's something we discovered after the fact. And the problem is that because it produces an infinite number of patches of every possible variety, if you ask what the theory predicts, the answer is nothing or everything, anything. So it's a little bit uh, analogous.
1: If it explains everything, then in fact it explains nothing.
2: Yes, that's what that's so. In my view, that makes it no longer a scientifically interesting theory. So it's not testable. Even if it's true, it's just not interesting. It's not interesting because anything you'd measure, you could say, "Oh, we live in that patch of the universe," and then you measure something else tomorrow, right. and it doesn't it fit, doesn't that, fit patch. that patch. You say, "Oh, they must we live have the a patch, patch where both of those are the fact." Yeah, right. that's right. Right, yeah. right. And yeah. If okay, that
1: makes sense. I mean, yeah.
2: And, and according to the multiverse idea, if it's physically possible, and obviously our physical world is one of the possibilities. Then it must exist somewhere. Unless in the we're universe. a simulation. god oh, okay. no, but even the, that would be part the of the other. Oh, there's, the. There's the. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get away oh, from this. Oh man, idea. I mean, you, Once you have a bad idea, you can't get away <laughs> from
0: it. <laughs> That's funny. Drats. So, so, All right, so there you have it. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Matt. Uh,
1: n- nice question. Well, wait. That's so you question. agree that it has? It doesn't really set
2: the standard yet for a testable theory. I think by construction it does not, and okay. if you read what the proponents of the multiverse say, that's exactly what they'll tell you. They'll, right. they'll, they'll, they, so. Well, now, not-
1: what about what about the quantum foam, uh, bursting forth multiple whole other universes from the very early universe, and these would be universes that. You would be able to see in a higher dimension, but they don't interact and they're
2: perfectly separate fabrics. Separate fabrics, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to make of that. That's another untestable idea in principle. So uh, it's it's another version of a uh, if well, so there are two possibilities. One possibility is that those different fabric regions have completely different properties. Again, like the Mm -hmm. multiverse, and you and it's just random chance. The patchwork multiverse. Like a patchwork multiverse in which you wouldn't in in which again you. could possibly, everything that could happen will happen, in which case it has no scientific predictive value. Uh, or it could be that you have a theory which says actually the same thing will happen each time, every time you produce one of these fabrics, so that if I, I suddenly transported to the other one, imagine doing that, it would look familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a different story. That's right. a predictive theory. Yeah, that is, right. Yeah.
0: But the problem is you can't get there, is
1: what we you're can. saying.
2: Yeah. And and so it doesn't have a meaningful scientific value right. in, in Gotcha. why, well, Paul, concept.
1: Could uh, isn't it true for reasons that I never learned because I never took advanced field theory in graduate school? But my wife did, and uh-huh. okay, she she has a, a PhD in mathematical I, physics. I know, I know your I, wife, and yeah. she's smarter than you. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so, but from what I've been told, th- gravity is not contained in the space-time in which it is... Uh, Formed in which you have it. So, in other words, the the effect of gravity can leak out of whatever is the membrane that it's contained and be felt by other universes outside of that. Uh, so, unlike think- electromagnetic radiation, which is trapped within the space-time. Gravity
2: is not, I've heard that. So I think you're referring to theories like in string theory you have extra dimensions mm-hmm. and where we might live in a, in a membrane-like surface in which we, seem, we think we're living in a world of three space dimensions. Mm-hmm. There's actually extra dimensions mm-hmm. which we, our particles, can't Access. move there. Yeah. Our light can't move there, so electromagnetic radiation can't move there. But gravity would be felt even along that extra dimension. So that we, so that, for example, if there were another similar membrane parallel to us, now we are thinking about this idea of parallel. This is the parallel. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And something were happening over there. Let's say a matter lumped together to form a a star or a black hole or or something like that. That would be felt. It's gravitational effect. Why isn't that dark matter? In be. It's a dark pos- matter
1: our universe would be ordinary matter in a parallel universe that's leaking into ours and we're mysteriously right. inventing stuff
2: to account for it when in fact it's just ordinary matter I think that's a, that's a conceivable idea that it could be uh, matter on the other side, a, a another brain and another membrane that's a small distance away. It couldn't be like our matter because if it were uh, it would also um, when it gravitationally clumped it would produce radiation mm-hmm. and that radiation would affect us as well in a way that we know we know there aren't those sources of radiation there and the dark matter one of the things about dark matter compared to ordinary matter is dark matter ordinary matter collapses to form stars. It can stick together. It right. stick together and sits in a halo of very diffuse dark matter. If this dark matter were like us but on the other side, it would also collapse and it wouldn't form the halo, which mm-hmm. we know of dark matter that we observe, mm-hmm. that we that's infer from measurement and, and there's
1: another little fact here. A gravity drops off as one over distance squared, mm-hmm. but if you're feeling gravity from another universe, that's gravity permeating through another dimension, yes. and then the, therefore gravity from another universe would have to drop off faster than one over r squared. Yeah. Okay, now, ever so little,
0: but no, ever no, so no, little. Now, no, no, no. no. as, as, as of course the foremost authority on this in the room, uh, let me just say,
1: what the hell are you talking
0: about?
1: <laughs> it's time for commercial break.
0: <laughs> you lost me until one over our
1: gravity thing there. I, I... If you're spilling out and you got to go through another dimension to, for it to be felt, right. then your equations have to somehow rec- recognize that fact. I got you. The dilution of gravity as you get... So, In other words, gravity, the, the surface area of a sphere, as it grows, you're thinning out whatever the fabric was by... The, the square of the distance. So, I so a, a sphere that's three times bigger. So because the sphere is expanding, it's nine the, times the area, okay. and so you're so it's thinner. Whatever was there before is now one ninth as thin. So gravity thins out at that rate. Okay,
0: okay. I got you. But now you had, that makes sense. I'm thinking of this as a blowing up balloon.
1: Okay, if you want uh, to thin okay. gravity out into a whole other dimension, right. then that equation can't just be one over R squared. Gotcha, right. now that makes sense. But let me just go, Paul, was I okay with that ex- explanation? Yeah, that's okay. that's fine. All yeah. right. I get, I, get yes. the, I get there. And for those okay. of you listening at home, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> when Star but, Talk comes okay. back, more on the anatomy of the multiverse. We're back on Star Talk, and I'm here with Chuck Nice, sir, and an old friend and colleague of mine from my Princeton days, Paul Steinhardt, professor of physics,
0: and Lord of the Phoenix Universe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so, Paul, is, does your does your chair have an endowed name to it?
2: It does. What what is that? It's Just, called the Albert Einstein um, Professorship in Science. Excuse the hell out of me. <laughs>
0: that's pretty that's pretty rough, man. Okay, I'm that's, thinking it was
1: some name that, that nah. some rich guy that just gave money.
0: No, no, the Albert Einstein. Okay. So
1: do you realize you could only be a disappointment. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's the price. <laughs> oh
0: man, that's just so wrong.
1: That's so I know. I know. So I just, wrong. I just thought of that in that moment. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, Chuck,
1: you got, we got we cosmic queries. What else you have? Yes, let's it?
0: move on. Multiverse, uh, cosmic multiverse queries. Multiverse. We are talking about. Um, uh, this is somewhat in that range, but uh, Michael Ranger uh, from Twitter says this: reality is granular. I love how people put their own little stuff. The thing, let them do it, it. let them do Uh, it. Uh, How then can say the Earth's gravity reach infinitely far?
1: Uh, Wouldn't it eventually wink out? Ooh, Uh so let me me recast that question. Yeah, yeah. it's a good question. In a quantum construct of the universe, you cannot get arbitrarily small things You cannot have arbitrarily short time intervals because there's a quantum size that limits it. Do we agree? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So if you have gravity dropping off ever so slowly, 1 over r squared, and that means r gets bigger and bigger, gravity gets smaller and smaller, but there's always something there. You can always calculate how much is there. Is there some calculation where the gravity is so low it goes from some quantum higher level to ap- to zero. Did uh, I say that? Did, did I make sense in that question? Was that a fair interpretation? No, that's a fair
2: interpretation. Yeah, okay. yeah, I wasn't sure if you were talking about time or space, though. Were you talking, talking about, about just gravity? Just gravity as we Strength go out away from as the, as the gravity. source? You as we Go away. away
0: from yeah. Earth. So it's Earth's yeah. gravity.
1: Right, 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 right. You know what it's you know, like? It's like cleaning up uh, broken glass. There's like a gazillion pieces that you'll never get at all, but eventually there's the last piece of glass you've cleaned and there's no more glass left, even though it felt infinite at the time.
2: So is there a last piece of gravity that Earth is expressing into the universe? Um, it, uh, the various, I'll give you one interpretation of that question. Mm-hmm. Let me see if that will, will help answer it. So it's important to appreciate that the Earth hasn't always existed. It came into existence. So before it came into existence, there was no gravitational field associated with it. Hmm. Okay, there was matter that was going to eventually come together to form the Earth. Um, so if you go far enough out, in, so, so that if you go far enough out in space, um, uh, you would not know that the Earth was about to form. Ooh. Then the Earth... Wait, wait,
1: wait. wait, wait. we got to wrap my head around that. So Earth is about four and a half billion years old. Yes. If you go four and a half billion light years away, there's a point where Earth had not yet assembled yeah. from the void. Yes, if you were looking you even from Even have a form. field of gravity Holy to measure.
0: Yeah. Man. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. I'm telling you right now, there are people listening to this, and they're just like... I am never doing drugs again. <laughs> this is so crazy. I'm never doing drugs again. So, so,
2: so you're out there. They're so just going to do cosmology.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So you don't do need you... drugs when you got this. You really don't. I mean, that's freaking crazy. Take up cosmology. Yeah, just
0: take up cosmology, people. I'm telling you right now.
1: <laughs> so, so what you're saying is you could be there and you would watch the formation of a source of gravity in front of you, even right. though it's too far away to see, right. you would feel, you'd measure
2: this gravity arise. Yes. So it'd be like, uh, uh, you know, throwing a rock in, the, in, a, in a puddle and, right. and eventually the wave is going to meet you. Is going to reach out to you, and then you'd be aware that a rock, if you weren't using your eyes, you're right. just, feeling, just the water, feeling the water, you'd be aware that something happened. Except the rock hitting the puddle was a spontaneous thing. Yes. The assembly of the earth was, a, slow. was slower
1: and, and, yeah. and piecemeal. That's right. Okay. Mm. Okay. So that's, that's an awesome reply, but it, I think it still avoids the question. Yes. Is there a point where the gravity of something quantum drops to the strength of gravity something quantum drops to zero from some quantum level above it uh, When I say quantum, I don't even mean yeah. I don't even mean quantum physics so much as can it smoothly go to zero asymptotically or not? That's really the question um,
2: You could say I don't know yeah, I was gonna say that even though you're a Princeton professor yes. <laughs> you say you know, I don't know well, the question could mean... I'm more confused because the question could mean various things. So let me mention another issue, which uh, is there in the... By the way, let me just say, uh, I am glad that right now you guys are not two surgeons <laughs> <laughs>
1: trying
0: to figure out how we should approach this open-heart situation.
1: What is that wiggly thing? <laughs> should we take it out or leave it in? <laughs> go a ahead. Scissor paper
2: stone and find
1: out. <laughs> right. Scissor, paper stone.
2: <laughs> so go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, there is a deep puzzle, which is uh, if, if you... If if you buy this idea that the universe began from a quantum beginning, which rather than a bounce, uh, one of the puzzles there is how do you go from a quantum world to a world which is described by your one over r squared force and by the laws of general relativity? How do we go from quantum to classical? And at this point, what proponents do is simply wave their hands and say, something must do it. Mm -hmm. And so we'll just, you know, sometimes we work on one side of this something, sometimes on the other. But exactly how that occurred is a mystery and is another reason to be suspicious of this setup of a Big Bang leading to a classical expansion.
0: Mm. Okay. Okay? Uh, Yeah, Michael, here's the
2: deal.
1: Um... We didn't answer your question at all. so. Oh,
0: no, right.
1: <laughs> so oh, no, no, no. Here's what I say. say uh, we turned it into a better question that we actually, could that's, answer. Actually, that's what <laughs> really <laughs> happened. <No. laughs>
0: we turned your question into a better question. Or a question, yeah, just right. a question so, we could answer. Right, there you go. All right. Uh, here we go, here we go. Maria Simon from Facebook would like to know, Dr. Tyson, would our perception of time be the same throughout the multiverse? Thanks. I can't wait to see you live on Monday.
1: Where are you going? On Monday. I have no idea where this child is. Doing. <laughs> 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 oh no, actually, I, I, I'm in the Pacific Northwest okay. doing some public talks. All right, but, okay. okay. So oh, I'm sorry, I lost with the question.
0: <laughs> um, um, so she's talking about the perception of time. Oh yeah, yeah. And is that going to be? Uh, is I that like going to be it. consistent?
1: Okay, so yeah. So so Paul, we know from relativity that the passage of time is relative to an observer. Yes. So other than that, which we're kind of we live with. Uh, We live with, in fact, daily, you realize the GPS satellites Mm -hmm. at their elevation above Earth experience a different strength of Earth's gravity than we do here. And Einstein's general theory of relativity prescribes the difference in the rate at which its clocks tick compared with ours. And so so what that means is when it is telling us what time it is, we have pre-corrected... The change in its time because of Einstein's general theory of relativity, so that we all have the same time here on Earth's surface. Gotcha. The same that, time as that, one and no other. that's and that makes yeah. sense. Because general relativity so it's, at work. Right. At work. Okay. So Paul, so we we got this. Yes. But if you go to another one of your multiverse pockets,
2: could just time have a whole other kind of thing going on uh, about it? Well, certainly there would be no way to synchronize it compared to our time. Mm-hmm. So for example, one patches would be born at different times. So the, the period uh, the, the time that would have transpired since the creation of our patch to reach a point where there's uh, Earth and people, would be different, maybe in this other patch. It might have just been born. Uh, in this so their calendar would be BP for before patch. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. All,
2: right. All right. So go on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, so it'd be simply no way to uh, to uh, to correlate our time. So unlike the case of the satellite, where we can send signals back and forth to the right. Earth oh, to, 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 to synchronize mm-hmm. and so to, ma- to make this correction, right. and only by having that communication, because we can't communicate with one another, there's no meaningful way to synchronize but our. But in clocks.
1: the quantum flux fluctuations, in the quantum fluctuations of these patches, could time mean something different there? Could a quantum fluctuation change what
2: time is? Uh, uh, Conceivably, it's not part of the usual multiverse picture. Okay. It's rather conventional in that sense, that the patches would more or less have normal space and time like we think about here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Although some of them could be, in some cases, uh, the space could be, space-time could be so warped that time could never lose its quantum, its quantumness. It might remain quantum and have a sort of uh, no classical meaning in some patches. That's conceivable. And that's a kind of version of what you're what you're asking.
1: I like that. So time would just not be even a th- not even a thing. Right. It I mean, may not yeah. it may not even be. Yeah, right. right. It's just they could figure out some other way to meet you
2: at
0: the uh, corner. They
1: they put it in a bottle. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they couldn't meet you at the corner because space wouldn't have a meaning either. Oh, so right. the corner would the corner wouldn't
0: be there either. Than, yeah, right, right.
2: We got time just for a quick lightning round.
1: Okay, let's Talk, do all it. All right, all right. Here we so go. Here, here we, we go. go. John, sound bite answers. Okay. Jonathan
0: Nagy. Jonathan Nagy went from Twitter wants to know this. Will quantum gravity mean GR is incorrect since QFT is based on flat space time and GR is a curvature? Uh, he's just showing off. Yeah. Just showing off. Just <laughs> just yeah, Paul, showing what's the answer? To yes. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Uh, Gabriel from Twitter wants to know this What, if anything, is stopping gravity waves from traveling faster than the speed of light? Ooh, yeah, oh, Paul. That's a good
1: idea. Yeah, yeah.
2: Hmm. Uh, well, relativity. Uh, Okay, good. (laughs) You are really good at this part. (laughs) I gotta tell you.
1: (laughs) Okay, we gotta take it as an answer, because this is the lightning round. round, (laughs) Not a good answer, but just an answer. By the way, Gabriel, uh, look it up. In other words, relativity does not allow anything to go faster than light, therefore gravity waves are not traveling faster than light. Correct. Even though they be gravity and not
2: light. That's right.
0: Okay, so, good. There, right. You got it, good. All right. Datons, uh, at Dattons on Twitter says this Can a telescope be made to see so far that it sees the Big Bang? What is the limit of telescopes, including the ones that we launch
1: into space? Because light takes time to move Uh from one location to another, Mm -hmm. it means as you look out in space, you see things not as they are, but as As they they once were. were. And as you just take that far enough back, yes, in principle, you can see the birth of the universe, provided that there is matter out there that is as old as the universe, Mm -hmm. okay? So now, the reason why we have any evidence of the Big Bang at all is because we have this expanding horizon that is washing over parts of the whole universe that was born 13.8 billion years ago. Here's what would scare the daylights out of me. Go ahead. If all of a sudden the cosmic microwave background began to disappear. Oh. It would mean that our cosmic horizon would be entering a region of our universe where there is no longer any matter. We'd reach the physical edge of our universe. And then that wave would, is coming our way. <laughs> no, then, then there would be no cosmology because we would have no information about what happened in the past. That's why we can see the Big Bang at all. Okay. You've yeah. been listening and possibly watching Star Talk, the, the Cosmic Queries edition on the multiverse. Let me thank my friend and colleague Paul <laughs> Steinhardt from Princeton University. Chuck Nice. Yes. I I Got my name there, here. huh? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of Chuck Norris. That's, Chuck nice. that's a common, common confusion. <laughs> All right. My name is Neil Tyson, and as always, I bid you to keep looking up.